Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for Tuesday, the 13th of October. Uh, quick apology real quick. I know some of the audio in the last episode with Bill, parts of it were a little crackly. Uh, I'm happy to say that I got a new mic cable. So sometimes these things go when you do 800 episodes and all the other podcasting and voice work that I do. Sometimes the cables go bad. So we've replaced the issue. So thanks for dealing with it as best you could. Um, coming up tonight, Flyers are back in action. Begin the second half of this four-game road trip. They are in Colorado to take on the Avalanche, who they got their last win against. The Flyers beat the Avalanche 5-3 to three at Wells Fargo. And I know the Avalanche were missing some players. Flyers are missing players, too. Uh, it was a 5-3 final, a game in which they looked like they had in hand. It was 4 <laughs> <coughs> It was 4-1 and then quickly 4-2 and 4-3 in the waning moments, but they eventually got the empty net goal uh, back on December 5th and got that 5-3 win. Nathan McKinnon only played just uh, a couple seconds over four and a half minutes in the game, did pick up an assist, but has not played since. Uh, he's out uh, with the injury uh, for a further couple of weeks. Flyers did outshoot Colorado in that game 34-32, and we'll see if Carter Hart gets the start tonight. It would be a career-high Eighth straight start for Hart tonight. I thought that Felix Sandstrom would likely get the game in Arizona, but uh, John Tortorella, I mean, to me, that's pretty telling. Bill and I talked about it. The fact that he went with Carter Hart in that game, to me, it's pretty telling that Torch really wants to get a win for his guys. I don't think he has an issue with how they're playing right now and feels like they are doing what he's asking them to do, executing and the structure and all of those elements. Um, but again, this just comes back to that inability to score goals. And when you have such a difficult time scoring, what that does is just puts you in such a position of you have to play no mistake hockey. And no mistake hockey is very difficult hockey to play. The game is predicated on mistakes. So um, Flyers will be in Colorado tonight. And when you look at Colorado, since they were in Philadelphia and lost to the Flyers that game five three, like I said, that's the night that Nathan McKinnon that's the night that Nathan McKinnon went down. That was the second of four straight losses for Colorado. But they did win their last game. That was on the Sunday. It was a three two overtime win in St. Louis. So it's the Flyers and the Colorado Avalanche tonight at nine o'clock. What I want to get to in this episode is an email that I got uh from Joseph D. We'll just call him Joseph D. I don't know if he wants his name out there. Um, and he emailed me at jason.mertitus, J-A-S-O-N dot M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S at gmail.com. You can always send me emails. I love reading what everybody has to say. I don't reply in typing to a lot of them. I try and reply here because I'm a horrible typer and I oftentimes can't get my point across well in the written word. I'd rather speak about it. But Joe uh, sent me this email, and I thought it was a pretty interesting thing to kick around here on the podcast. He said, Hi, Jason. I was really intrigued with a recent topic on Flyers Daily where you were contemplating which Flyers are part of the solution and which ones are not. He said, I agree with you that Carter Hart is part of the solution here. He's been a winner everywhere he has played coming up and is handling what has been a very tough situation the best way I think a young goalie can. He said, but I think we have seen enough hockey and heard enough comments from Torts to start to piece together 
which other players will be part of the solution here and which ones will not be. He said, I'm not going to take into account contracts because in the end, that is the ultimate decider if a player stays or goes. But basing this solely on their play so far and my impression of the type of player Torts believes he can win with, here's my list. Anyway, here's my list as of today. He said there is, I'm sure, a good amount of controversy and debate here, but that's what makes this fun to do. All right, so he's got three categories, well, four categories. He has a list of players that, as he says, part of the solution. He has a category of potential deadline trades. In other words, players that they will be sending out. He says a list of players not part of the solution and an area for undecided players. So let's go through this. I think this is an interesting exercise, um, some of which I may agree with, some of them I may not. But we're going to go through this in real time. I've not gone through this prior, so uh, this is initial reaction based on how I'm seeing it for the first time. So part of the solution, he says Carter Hart. We agree there. To me, that's the, that's the only player I feel like I know at this moment, without a doubt, is part of the solution long near-term, long-term part of what you're trying to build here in Philadelphia. Uh, the second player he has is Sean Couturier. I mean, obviously, Couturier's contract just kicks in this year. He hasn't played the back. We'll see where that goes from here. But if everything was equal, Sean Couturier was healthy, or even, you know, when Sean Couturier does come back, if he's you know, close to being the Sean Couturier of the last bunch of years, then, yeah, he's part of the solution. Uh, Cam Atkinson, I agree. I think Cam's a good leader for this team. I think he is part of the core group of this team once he can get out there and get on the ice, especially because he's played for torts before. Uh, Scott Lawton, very obvious one as well. He seems to be the guy that John Tortorella has really taken a liking to. And I think he's a really important player for the team because – He's not the best player on the team, but he is a really good leader for this team and a good example on and off the ice. And it's not like, you know, your leader is a guy that's always serious. Lots can make you laugh, but at the right times. Travis Konechny is a player that he has part of the solution. I think so as well. I don't know where Torts is on this. I think Konechny has come in, had some hard lessons. I mean, obviously, he was benched for an entire period along with Kevin Hayes in that San Jose 3-0 loss at Wells Fargo Center pretty early in the season. I love how he's responded. I love how he's committed to both ends of the ice. I think that he's a guy—I've said this before on the pod. I think he should wear a letter because I think it's important for a player at the point of his career where he is that's been a leader at every other level to get invested in the group and what's going to go on here going forward in a big way. So I, I would put a letter on his jersey beyond this season. So I do think he is part of the solution. He's a player I think Torts likes too. There may be some tough lessons along the way between Hayden Torts, but I think Torts likes the tenacity and you know the kind of temperament, if you will, of Travis Konechny. Um, here's the other ones on his part of the solution list. Owen Tippett, Noah Cates, Nick Delarier, Cam York. Travis Sanheim, Tony D'Angelo, Nick Sealer. Um, uh, look, I don't think Nick Sealer's long-term. I don't. Ideally, he'd be your seventh defenseman. And this is nothing taking nothing away from Nick Sealer. He's played really hard. He does what's asked of him. But when your team is a legit playoff team and a team that wants to push for some playoff wins, 
you should probably have Nick Sealer as your seventh D. Um, Tony D'Angelo, that's a good question. I, I don't know that Tony D'Angelo is part of the long-term solution. He was healthy scratch the other day. Where does he fit in with all these guys on the left side? Provorov, Sanheim, Cam York. Where does Tony D'Angelo fit in on the right side? Does he fit in with Provorov as a top-pairing guy? I don't know if that's ideal. I don't—you know, Ristolainen's played well on that top pair, but is that ideal? So there's a lot of question marks there around the D. Travis Sanheim, I think Sandy's been playing better. I think he still has some more work to do to win Torts over, um, but he has been better. Torts is not, was not here for the best of Travis Sanheim last year, so he can only go off what he's seen this year, and it looks to me like Sanheim is really coming around. Uh, Cam York, I, again, I'd like to think he's part of the solution. But I can't sit here today and say that. He's played two games under John Tortorella, and he sent him down to the Phantoms basically to start the season. So I can't go there yet. Nick Delaria, yeah. I mean, he's a fourth liner. He's part of the solution. Noah Cates loves him. I know. I think Cates is part of the future as a a 3C type player to shut down. You get some scoring from him, some offensive punch, but a really responsible uh, player that plays the game with a subconscious, you know, with a conscience and knows there's consequences to making the wrong play. And then Owen Tippett, um, Tipp's been really good at points and has kind of disappeared a little bit at points. So as far as being part of the solution, he was part of a big trade, and he could be a big part of the solution, but that's going to depend on him. He's shown that he's got the game that it takes in there. So the only guys that I would say are absolutely part of the solution that I agree with as of this point on, what, December as I'm recording this, December 12th, December 13th, as you're hearing it, are Carter Hart, Sean Couturier, Cam Atkinson, Scott Lawton, and Travis Konechny. And Cates. Tippett and Delarier. Tippett, York, Sanheim, D'Angelo, and Sealer. I'm not ready to go there just yet. And again, Carter Hart is definite 100% lock, stock, and barrel for me. The other guys are not on that same level of commitment for me. Um the potential deadline trades. Here's the players he has. James Van Riemsdyk, obviously. He's on an expiring contract. Zach McEwen, same kind of deal. Uh, Justin Braun, Patrick Brown, and Lucas Sedlak. Totally agree with every one of those guys. Could there be more to add to that list? Could Donnie D'Angelo potentially be a guy with only, you know, only signed a two-year contract? Could he be a guy? You, don't, you never know. Um, he said guys that he feels like at this point he knows are not part of the solution. Um, I'll give you the list in total. Hayes, Frost, Farabee, Wilman, Lazinski, Bellows, Provorov, Ristolainen. Um, look, I, I don't know that, again, I don't think any of these guys, it has been determined they're not part of the solution. I don't believe that, and I really disagree with a couple of the names on here. Um, I really disagree with Joel Farabee. <laughs> a ton. I don't know. Farabee's coming off surgery, and it's going to take some time. It's going to take a little time when you come off a neck surgery. That was midsummer, I think, when it is when he had that surgery. I think so. So it kind of came out of nowhere. So I don't think I'm not ready to even go close to that with Farabee. As far as Hayes, a lot of people are in kind of assuming there's a rub between Torts and Kevin Hayes because he's at him, and because he's not doesn't have him playing center anymore. Um, I talked to Torts about it on the podcast last week. He he has no issue with Kevin Hayes. 
He just thinks he's better served for his team as a winger and not a center to, again, accentuate the things he does well, playmaking and drive offense, and free him up for that by taking a load off him of the thing that he doesn't do well. So in other words, eliminating defensive responsibility and promoting more offense out of him for a team that needs more offense. So I I don't know that Kevin Hayes is not part of the solution. Morgan Frost coming off a four-point game, but it's a game. He's got to show more, and he's got to show it consistently, or he won't be a part of the solution. Uh, Morgan, I mean, we see the skill that's there, and if if Morgan can you know build on that four-point game and get consistent, then he'll go to a part of the solution. As far as Max Willman, I mean, in and out of the lineup, Tanner Lazinski, We'll see what Tanner, I think we'll get a better gauge on him by the end of the year. Did have the hip surgery in the offseason. Kiefer Bellows, yeah, I, I, he did. He showed little flashes, but it didn't show me enough to be part of the solution. Um, as far as Provorov and Ristolainen, I don't know why you think that about Provorov either, why you don't think he's part of the solution. He plays him a ton of minutes. Doesn't take him out of the lineup. Hasn't had boo to say about him. I don't think that Provorov, he doesn't, the team looks at Provorov as not part of the solution. Um, and then Rasmus Ristolainen. I mean, we know that Risto got off to a slow start coming off an injury-riddled camp, but now he's promoted him to the top pairing. And when Tony D'Angelo was available, he didn't demote him back down. So I don't know. Bradshaw works with Ristolainen quite a bit. <clears throat> and I think in the right role, which is not a top pairing for Ristolainen, he could be a big part of the solution. But Bradshaw... Um, who coaches the Flyers D and PK is a guy that's really been working with him and trying to get Risto to not chase the game so much, take the game as it comes to him. If he does that, then he can be part of the solution. Is that determined that he is or isn't? I don't think so. Not yet. Um, and he has an undecided column, which has Wade Allison, who unfortunately Wade is dealing with an injury again. Hopefully he can get back soon. Uh, Yegor Zamula, who, again, totally undecided, I agree. Bobby Brink, Torts hasn't even seen Bobby Brink. Um, Brink's a gamer. We'll see if he's able to get back this year and contribute to some level. Uh, he has Tyson Forster on this list. I think Forster is probably part of the, I don't I don't want to call it the solution, part of the future. Because I don't know what he's going to be at the NHL level yet. But, so, so an undecided category is good for him. Same with Ronnie Adderd. I think they really like Ronnie Adderd, but what, Kind of where does he fall at the NHL level? Is he a third-pairing right-side defenseman? That's probably where he could be. Could be a power play guy with that big, huge shot. Could he be a second-pairing right-side guy? Perhaps. But again, how do these D pieces fit together? That's that's something we got to figure out. That's something we're going to attack next week on uh, Monday with Bill. Also, uh, he has on that undecided list Felix Sandstrom. Yeah, totally agree. Sandstrom just hasn't played enough, and he's not getting a ton of games. And... We need to see a lot more of Sandstrom. I think that's a really difficult spot for a young goaltender to be in when you don't play a whole heck of a lot and you're still not 100% confident in yourself that you are an NHL goalie because the only way you gain that confidence is by playing a lot of NHL games and proving it. And Sandstrom hasn't gotten that opportunity, which is why I've always kind of been in favor of grabbing a veteran guy if he's going to play limited role backup. 
that's just my thought on it. But great, great email from Joe D. If you have any thoughts on that, you want to send me an email, jason.mertitis at gmail.com. Uh, you can send them there. You can also DM me on Twitter at Jason Mert. And you can watch the Flyers and the Colorado Avalanche tonight at 9 o'clock in Colorado. Flyers will try and get a win. We'll break it down tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily. So much for your